together our voices this morning as we sing the lily of the valley and then what a friend we have in jesus i have found a friend in jesus he's everything to me he's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul the lily of the valley in him alone i see all i need to cleanse and make me fully whole in sorrow he's my comfort in trouble he's my stay he tells me every care on him to roll hallelujah he's the lily of the valley the bright and morning star he's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul he all my grief is taken and all my sorrows born in temptation he's my strong and mighty tower i have all for him forsaken and all my idols torn from my heart and now he keeps me by his power though all the world forsake me and satan tempt me sore through jesus i shall safely reach the goal hallelujah he's the lily of the valley the bright and morning star he's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul he will never never leave me nor yet forsake me here while i live by faith into his blessed will fire about me i've nothing now to fear with his manna he my hungry soul shall fill then sweep me up to glory to see his blessed face where rivers of delight shall ever roll hallelujah he's the the bright and morning star he's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul what a friend we have in jesus all our sins and griefs to bear what a privilege to carry everything to god in prayer Amen. Good morning and thank you for being in the Lord's house this morning. Let's open up with a word of prayer. Lord, we come before you and we thank you for your many blessings to us. We lift up before you those this morning who could not be here with us due to either travel or sickness, different things going on. Ask that you'd watch over our church family. Be with us as we turn our hearts towards you in prayer and in worship. 
Help us to be a people with a true heart to draw near to you today. We thank you and praise you in Christ's name. Amen. Please be seated.
skies will rain. I know that you are good, and this is the day you made. Amen. Amen. Would you please stand with me in the praise team as we lift up our voices together and we sing, All I Have is Christ, and How Great is Our God. was lost in darkest night, yet thought I knew the way, the sin that promised joy and life, and led me to the grave. I had no hope that you would own a rebel to your will, and if you had
with me, if you would please, and turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 13 down, uh, verses 3 through 13 this morning. Uh, the title of my message is Our Spiritual Blessings in Christ. Sometimes if we're not careful, we get so busy with life, maybe even going to church and Sunday school, Sunday evening, Wednesday evening services. 
Sometimes we're so busy fellowshipping with one another and helping one another, praying for one another, we forget that really it is all about Jesus. Even as this song that they just sang spoke about, he is the center of our faith. The heavenly father left heaven above and he came down. He took upon himself the form of a man born of a virgin. Why? So that he could live and die for our sins. It is about Jesus, his shed blood, his sacrifice, the, the, the salvation that he offers to us. And in this text, when you start off in verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And you notice even in that very first verse, verse 1 there, is, as we look at that text, he is over and over again emphasizing Jesus Christ. So as we talk about our spiritual blessings, we have to remember the center of those spiritual blessings are Christ. He, though, targets us. He has come that you and I might accept and receive the gift of eternal life, which for us, if we're not careful, we take for granted. We're Christians. We've received Christ every day. We wake up. We pray to our Lord. We go about our day. We pray at our, our breakfast, our lunch, our supper. I'm hoping that you pray throughout the day and every night when you pillow your head. And if we're not careful, we start to take even our salvation for granted. But the Bible never takes it for granted. It is the most precious of gifts. And as we get older and we get closer and closer to that day when we stand before our Lord, then all of a sudden it looms larger and larger to understand we have a heavenly home, a gift of eternal life, bought and paid for by our Lord Jesus Christ. As we come to this text, it all springs off of verse 3, where he's telling us, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. It's all about Jesus. But he offers to you and I some things in this text that I'm going to read to you. Three specific things that he offers to us as spiritual blessings. First of all, spiritual adoption. Second of all, spiritual inheritance. Third of all, a spiritual seal or the presence of the Holy Spirit. These are all gifts from God that each day we have to recognize. When I was a kid, every once in a while, my parents, maybe I'd be complaining about something, and they would remind me, who clothes you? Oh yeah, you do. Who feeds you? Oh yeah, you do. Who houses you? Oh yeah, you do. I guess I can take the trash out then. <laughs> you know, sometimes we have to be reminded of the most basic blessings and what a gift they are to us in our lives. That's what this text is about. So I'm going to read to you verses 4 down through 13. And as I read down through this, he weaves in here all these spiritual blessings that he talked about in verse 13. It says, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. 
having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed. Ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. When we look at this text, he's building off of verse 3. Letting us understand that these spiritual blessings are given to us through our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He starts off in verses 5 through 9 talking to us about this marvelous, phenomenal spiritual adoption that we have been given. The book of Romans talks about that you and I, when we put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are engrafted into the olive tree, which links us to the heritage of the Old Testament. Phenomenal gift of God that he might give us eternal life. If you're here this morning and you've never received Christ as your personal savior, you are missing out on the greatest gift that could ever be given. The simple gift of spiritual rebirth. As we come down in the text, he talks to us in verse 5, and he reminds us that this is a gift through Christ. He says, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. The reality is, God from the very beginning of the foundations of the world, he had a plan. He looked and he saw that mankind upon creation and beyond would be a sinful person, a sinful people. We see that all the way back in Adam and Eve. We see that they sin against God and God had a plan. That plan was that he would provide a Messiah, an anointed sacrifice for your sins and mine. And so he predestinated, he determined if that person will receive Jesus Christ as their savior, I will make them mine. That was God's plan. From the very beginning, he knew that if we would but put faith in the sacrifice he would make for the sins of mankind, then he would choose us. Everyone that put faith in Christ is chosen to be a child of God. And you might say to yourself, well, well what, if they, what if they don't want to choose Christ? What if they decide to, to do like... Uh, you know, those who, who want to worship Buddha or they want to worship a snake god or a totem pole or, or what if they choose to go ahead and worship the sun or the moon or, or whatever it may be, the stars. Well, the reality is God had a plan and he's the creator. 
You know, there's privilege to being the creator. If I go ahead and I, I create an invention, it's not up to you to come and say, well, you know what, I don't like that invention. Let's go ahead and take that cog and move it over here and we'll put that wheel over there. Oh, it doesn't work, but that's okay. It doesn't matter. No, God made it so it worked. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. That's what Jesus taught us. He wants us to understand from the very beginning of the foundations of creation itself. He planned to pay the price for your sins and mine through Jesus Christ. And he said, if you will but just put your faith and trust in Christ, I choose you to be part of my family. I choose you for heaven. I choose you because you've put faith in Christ. What a gift of redemption. Look with me at verse six. He says, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. He reminds us, this is not a work of our own making. In fact, he tells us, he says, our works, our, our service is as filthy rags. He says, you know, every one of us is a sinner. We all fall short of the glory of God. But to the glory of God, he paid the price for your sins. To the glory of his grace and his mercy, he offers eternal life to us that we in him might have a heavenly home, spiritually adopted in him. Look at verse seven. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. He's just driving home the point that that eternal life, that gift of salvation, that plan of God from the very beginning to pay the, the price for the sins of humanity, if we will just put our faith and trust in him, he says, this is an amazing redemption. Our sins are forgiven. There's so many people who drag their sins with them through life. They can't forgive themselves. And God says, wait a minute. I offer to you redemption. I offer to you, offer to you forgiveness. He talks about taking our sins and casting them as far as the east is from the west. He says, listen, I will go ahead and wash your sins as white as snow. He is offering to every human being redemption, cleanliness, newness of life, eternity. He says, that's my gift to you if you will but just trust in Jesus. And he says, it's always been this way. I've always planned redemption for humanity if they will but put their faith and trust in the Redeemer. So he reminds us of this spiritual adoption, this amazing gift. We're, we're adopted with a purpose. God has a purpose in this. It's not a random thing. Look with me at verse 4. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be a holy and without blame before him in love. He says, God says, I have a purpose in, in redeeming the souls of mankind. He could have let humanity just go to hell and burn, but he didn't. 
He's always had that redemptive plan. So that all humanity could come to Christ. And why? So that they come to the Redeemer and they reflect honor to God. That they would be a holy people without blame before him in love. You and I are chosen for a purpose. So that we can live in this world where there's sin all about us. And we can all of a sudden stand out as an individual who chooses right. Even in this topsy-turvy world. This upside-down world where right is wrong and wrong is right. All of a sudden, you and I stand out simply because we are the redeemed of God. And we say, well, well wait a minute. My standard is not the social re-engineering of the day and age I live in. My standard is God. And I'm going to do right according to His will. And God says, that's always been my plan. Whether it was the time of Israel... Or the time of you and me. His plan is to have a unique people. A chosen people. A people who will put faith and trust in his redeemer. And for you and I to live that life. Not talk it. Live it. And if you live in it, you're talking about it. Amen? So we see that he talks about this amazing gift of spiritual adoption. Adopted with a purpose, his purpose, to have a unique people. But let's go down to verses 10 and 12, uh, down 10 through 12, and we see here the spiritual inheritance that each and every one of us has. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. So God says, my plan has always been, I predestinated that if you would receive my Redeemer, my Savior, the Christ. He said, if you would go ahead and receive Christ, you are chosen to be one of my children. And in that choice, you receive an inheritance. Isn't that amazing? That's marvelous. I have, my daughter has six children. Five of them she bore naturally. One of them she adopted. But you know what? That little adopted one is as much to us as if, it, as if she had been born. It doesn't matter. She has been brought in and adopted into the family. When I sit down and I, uh, well, in fact, I'll give you an example. Uh, we went to the outdoorsman show here last Saturday, wasn't it? And so my little granddaughter, how old is she now? Six. Six years old. She's walking with Nanny in there looking at all the things and stuff. And they came to a, a, a display of guns, guys selling guns. And the little six-year-old looks at the guy and says, I'm getting a gun. <laughs> And the guy looked down at her and said, you are? And she says, yep, my grampy, when I turn 11 years old, he gives every one of us a gun. And that's true. I give them a little 22 rifle. I teach them how to shoot. I, I let them choose out of my guns. They can choose. Maybe it was my grandfather's gun or my father's gun or whatever. Or maybe it's a new gun. Who knows? Whatever. But she at 11 years old will be able to choose a little 22. Oh, but pastor, she's adopted. Oh, no, no, no. 
She's adopted in it. She's as much mine as if she'd have been born of joy. She'll get exactly what the others get. She is part of the family. And so here we look in this text and God says, listen, all that will receive redemption, all that will receive Jesus Christ as their savior, it's always been predestined and planned that they will, upon that decision to receive Christ, receive an inheritance. You get eternal life and you get a heavenly home. Now, some of you, maybe you have enough houses to give every one of your kids and grandkids a house. I don't know. I don't. But some people do. God does. He says every single person who receives Christ, you inherit a home. He has gone to prepare a place for us. And he has for you and I a heavenly home. Second Corinthians chapter five, verses one through six, it says, for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. But when we pass from this life into the next, we are present with the Lord. You and I have an inheritance. If, we, if we're not careful, we begin to forget about the blessings. We forget about the inheritance. We forget that God has prepared for us this very unique place. Look back again with me at our text. Look down at verse 12, if you would. That we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Remember how I said when I started, I said it all points to Jesus. He says this, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. He's again, he, wanted, every, he keeps reminding us. It's not about us. It's not even about the heavenly father. He says, this is about Jesus. Some preachers, if they're not careful, they take this text and they make it all about God. They'll say, well, God randomly chose. He chose who's going to go to heaven and, and who's going to go to hell. And here he says, no, no, no. He says, it's about Jesus. It is about the anointed one. It is about the Savior, the Messiah. He says, if you will put your faith in him, all who choose Christ are chosen. They're the ones who get eternal life. They're the ones who get the inheritance. It is a gift from God through Jesus Christ that it might glorify the heavenly father. That's what verse 12 reminds us of. That we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Putting our faith in him connects us to the heavenly father. Revelation chapter 21 verses 3 and 4. It says, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death 
neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. You and I, when we get to that heavenly home, when we get to that inheritance that he has for us, all our tears are wiped away. All the pain, the struggle of life. This morning, we have a number of people who are not here with us, and some of them are not here because they're, they're battling COVID, or RSV, or flus, or cancer. On and on the list goes of the warfare we have against illness. Or maybe it's just old age. Happens to every one of us, no matter how young you are, I promise you, either you'll get old, or you're not going to see it. But it's part of life. And God says, when we get to heaven, all those battles of life, he says, I'm going to wipe away those tears and take away that pain. And I'm going to give you your heavenly home. Such an inheritance re reserved and set for us. But I told you there are three of these blessings woven through this text. Salvation, which is that spiritual adoption. The inheritance, which is our heavenly home. And then verses 13 and 14, he talks about the seal. The Holy Spirit upon us. I told you, little Lucy's adopted. And when we went to the courthouse, Sandy and I went down when all the family went to the courthouse down there in Albany, New York. And they had a whole bunch of paperwork and there's the judge sitting up on his bench. And he went through all the paperwork and there's social workers and there's Joy and Joe and all five boys lined up and Manny and Grampy. And the judge went through and he, this and this and this and this and this and this. And he came down to the end and he said, oh, I love these things. He says, I love these adoptions. I love this big family. He said, I grew up in a big family. He had all the boys come up on the, up to the court, up to the bench at where he was, had a picture taken with him and all the boys and Joy and Joe and the baby, because she was just an infant at the time. But none of that mattered until he sealed it. And that seal made it permanent. She is our family, sealed. And when we come down in this text, it's interesting that God tells us that you and I are sealed into the family. Look with me at verses 13 and 14. It says, in whom he also trusted, talking about Jesus Christ, after that he heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, Ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. So God says to you and I, these, these three blessings that he weaves into this text is culminated by the sealing of us becoming part of the family. John chapter 14, verse 16, the very first part of the verse, he says, I will pray the Father, 
and he shall give you another comforter. This is Jesus talking about the coming Holy Spirit, the seal of our redemption. In fact, when you go to the second half of that verse, it says that he may abide with you forever. The Holy Spirit, a gift, a blessing given to us to seal us into the family of God, that possession of the Spirit of God forever, forever and ever and ever. You and I are connected to the Lord through the Lord Jesus Christ as God the Father gives us the seal of the Holy Spirit. And if we're not careful, it just sounds so theological and technical. We, we forget about how simple the blessing is. What a wonderful gift it is for you and I to have, as Christ called the Spirit, the Comforter. That Spirit that dwells within our hearts. That Spirit of God that brings to us our, the remembrance of His truths, His promises, His Word. That Spirit of God that guides us and directs us throughout our day, throughout our path. Such a gift. God wants us to know we are blessed. We have blessings from him through our Lord Jesus Christ. In the same text, John chapter 14, last part of verse 17 and 18, it says, ye know him. This is Christ speaking. He says, ye know him for he dwells with you and shall be in you. And Christ says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. It's such a marvelous interwoven truth of the Trinity. God the Son, he says, I, I talk to the Father about being sure that he sends the Comforter. And he says, I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to come unto you. Why? Because it's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. Yes, a mystery. But a gift, a blessing from God for each and every one of us. As we look at this text, yes, it's full of theology. And yes, it's woven with some technicality. But it's really just a simple principle of God loving you and I so much that he always had a plan that anybody that would put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ would be adopted into the family of God. He would prepare, prepare for them a family, a family home. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit, held within the hand of God, sealed by the Spirit, so that nobody can take us out. Nobody can remove us. Little Lucy, she's cute as a button and I hope she stays that way her whole life. But she is a part of our family as, as true as all those five little boys are. As true as my other two granddaughters down in Virginia are. She's part of the family. And you and I, as true true as anybody else in this room. If you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, 
If you've trusted, you've, you've turned from your sin and you've said, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I know I'm a sinner. Forgive me. I accept Jesus Christ. I accept him as my savior. I accept the price he paid for me. Lord, come into my heart. I put my faith and trust in you. God says miraculously, instantaneously, you are connected to God's plan before the foundations of the world. And he says, come unto me. Come on. You are now my child. And I prepare a home for you. And you are sealed into the adoption of my family. We are blessed. But thank you so much for being in God's house this morning. I'm going to ask Pastor John to dismiss us in prayer. And as we go forth, let's go forth with a renewed appreciation for God's blessings in our life. Brother John. Father in heaven, we thank you for this day that you've given to us and for an opportunity to be in your house. Lord, to lift our voices in song, uh, to lift our hearts in prayer. And as we sat under the teaching and preaching of the word of God, I pray that you'd help us, as the Bible says, to not leave this place unchanged, but that we would have heard the word, uh, that we would have seen the things that we need to do so that we can draw closer to you and leave with a heart that's ready to minister and ready to draw closer to you today. We love you, Lord. We thank you for all of this. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's sing together, What a Mighty God We Serve. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. We're dismissed this morning.